For November 16th, 2015, this is episode 34 of the PHP Roundtable. Today we're discussing how debugging in PHP is more than just var dumping all the things. I'm your host, Sammy K. Powers. If your web app has ever died with a white page of death and you didn't know about how to fix it, well, this episode should hopefully steer you in the right direction. We'll be discussing various ways in which we can debug our web apps to fix errors, increase performance, and maybe even lock down some security aspects of our app. So now that we know what we're kind of talking about, let's meet the panel. And in no particular order, let's kick this thing off with Mr. Derek Rethens. And he wrote Xdebug, so very appropriate for this talk, and likes beer and maps. Welcome, Derek. He's waving. Hello. <laughs> also, we also have uh, Colin O'Dell, lead web developer at Unleashed Technology and maintainer of the PHP Common, the PHP League Common Mark, which is a Markdown parser. Welcome, Colin. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And finally, Mr. Gary Hawken is the developer advocate for PHP Storm. Welcome, Gary. Hello, world. Hello, world. That's the first thing I wrote in PHP, I think. So. Let's kick this thing off. We're talking about debugging. Um, maybe we should just step back and before we get into too many nitty-gritty details, Colin had a really good idea of kind of talking about some attitudes that we have when we kind of approach debugging in our app. Um, and what, what before we actually even talk about what debugging is and stuff, when there's a problem, um, a lot of people are like, oh, there's this mysterious thing, this bug. Well, Colin, what's your approach on, on, on this whole topic? Sure. So I think that... Um... One issue when we approach bugs, um, we basically think that, you know, we wrote our code properly, our code is working correctly. Um, but the very definition of a bug is that you've made a faulty assumption somewhere in your code. Um, so if you made a faulty assumption and you're still kind of believing those faulty assumptions, when you go to investigate the issue, you may accidentally overlook something. So I think a really important part about debugging is to really go into it with no assumptions and really just validate everything that you're doing. Um, so don't just assume that your forum handler is working, double check it. Um, and I guess the second point kind of along the same lines is that when you're debugging, um, bugs are logical things in the code, right? Your bug isn't just like hiding in one file and then you open it up in the debugger and now it's hiding somewhere else and like sneaking behind that code block, right? Um, so even if you can't find it right off the bat, the bug is going to be in your code somewhere, and you really just need to be really persistent about looking for it and not really giving up too easy or trying to implement a workaround instead or falling prey to the XY problem, things like that. Yes. Reuse the logs. Don't guess. Guessing is always the worst thing to do. So would you say when you're debugging an app and you get to a problem that you're trying to figure out, what's step one? What do you usually look first? Do you look at the logs first, or and this could go for anybody? Uh, if it's a white page of that, certainly check the log first, because it could be just a typo in a file, right? Um, in all the cases, yeah, use a log and maybe use a debugger. Or <laughs> so, some echo and print statements, right? They can be helpful, too. For just initial <laughs> discovery, certainly. Right. Well, or, or turn on your errors. Your display errors is kind of handy too, especially in development environment, of course. 
Absolutely. So hopefully just reading the output on the screen, if you get an output, um, Derek, and you, you give it, you've given a billion talks on, on this very topic. And I feel like um, I went to the, I can't remember which one it was, but uh, one of them I, I, I went to, and it was really great. Um, you took, you kind of take the approach of like looking at debugging from a historical perspective, like past, present, and future. So, um, and you, and you had mentioned that like, um, like when we were kind of when I was sending out the show notes to everybody, and you had mentioned like, hey, we should talk about maybe some of the history of 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 debugging, like some of the where it first started. What what were you wanting to talk about on that? Um, well, from the talks that I've given, what I always try to highlight is that even though some of the older techniques that people just like var dumping information, it's still kind of useful, right? And there is. There's quite a bit more than just showing the, the output of a variable or something like that. There's lots of nice decorators around it, different tools to do that, like Symfony has like a var dump, var variable dumper and stuff like that. So even though, yeah, it, it, it's not going to be extremely useful for having a very complex project or problem, you will certainly uh, find some use in uh, yeah, use the simple things just for the initial discovery of where things might go wrong, and then only later step in and use a slightly slower, slightly more complex tool to, to, well, to actually find a real thing and then hopefully fix it. So that is the idea behind um, um, yeah, using the VAR dumpers. But then on the other side, uh, another part of the, of the talk is mostly about how do I get, actually get the information because there's all kinds of naughty PHP developers that set like display errors to zero in some library code. And there's of course a bit of pain to then figure out what happens there, right? So yeah, the, the idea is to actually get as much information as you can without having to do a lot of work. That is the general idea behind it. Because only with information you can actually find things in the end. Yeah, I guess um, it's not like I actually do any coding anymore, right? Let's let's be perfectly honest about that. <laughs> but when I did do a lot of coding, um, I guess VAR dump was always my first protocol, and I don't think there's any embarrassment or shame or anything wrong with, you know, everyone putting their hand up and saying, yeah, we all still use VAR dump because everybody does, right? Let's be honest. I mean, for me to just see a simple snapshot of what a variable is set at, what an object is state is in at any given point, it's still the most valuable technique. Um, but for me, as soon as, you know, I, I've outgrown my usage of VARDAMP quite quickly since using xdebug. Um, I'd like to say Zen debugger just to annoy Derek, but I'll, I'll admit the fact that I use xdebug. Um, and, you know, you get a reliance on step debugging, which I guess is what the point of this episode is. The meat of this episode will be about step debugging. But, yeah, you know, I've solved... 90% of the problems I've ever had in PHP, if not more, by just dumping out the state of an object or a variable and going, oh, okay, yeah, I can see exactly what the problem is. So it's a valid technique for me anyway. Yeah, I would say for me too, I was wanting to almost get validation from you guys to make sure that <laughs> I'm still using Vardump all the time. <laughs> Although um, we... There are other, there are prettier ways of using Vardump. I know if you have xdebug installed, it makes Vardump uh, do a little bit of parsing for you, and it makes it look prettier. Um, but there's also other libraries out there that will basically have pretty print sort of options. Um, I, you had mentioned a couple in your talk, uh, Derek, like Ladybug. Yeah. Ladybug, Crumo, Kins, Symphony stuff. There's a whole bunch of them. And they all basically do the same thing. 
but they all implement slightly different nice handlers. So one of them, I don't remember which one, will show you the, uh, the CSS color if you have like a color, ver color value in a variable, or they show you timestamp and you have a timestamp and show you the real date with it. And they're all doing sort of the same thing, but all slightly different. Right. So yeah, I think they need to just look at each other's good features and just make one instead of having so many different ones that do slightly different useful things. But yeah, right. it's not invented here, right? So we write our own. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like the Symphony bar, bar dumper uh, component because it has a really nice um, console output when you bar dump in the, yeah. using the console. Pretty colors. I love seeing colors in my console and, and emoticons as well. It needs to be I think if you're var dumping enough that you need to have some kind of pretty formatter, then my immediate reaction would be if you're not using stat debug, that's probably a pretty good indicator that you need to take a, a, a you know a dive into the the wonderful uh, land of stat debugging because if you are using var dump that much that you need it to all be prettified for you, then you're gonna get a lot of value from learning to stat debug. Good point. I actually, I was um, talking. I was thinking about how um, several times in my PHP life, I've done step debugging without a step debugger, like basically var dumping um, every line, and and just kind of like going like out, like doing a var dump of what line number it is. You know, the underscore underscore line underscore underscore, and then having like the variable, and then like killing the script, like line by line by line by line, and it's uh, it's awful. It's really awful, and. Um, and that was before I knew about this uh, step debugging thing that we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, but before um, we do, I, I do want to kind of mention xDebug um, because we've been talking about it. Derek is is the creator of it. Um, before we, I have a couple specific xDebug questions, but Derek, what is xDebug? xDebug is a PHP extension that you can install basically anywhere where PHP runs that uh, modifies some of the internal behavior of PHP. Like it overloads uh, the Vardom function to make it look prettier and to show line numbers and things like that. It also uh, adds stack traces to any time you have an error or warning or notice or an exception. Um, and it adds lots of other debugging features as well. And that's well too many to talk about in, for an hour. But um, so yeah, there's those basic things. And then the other side, it has a profiler in there as well as a step debugger so that you can step by step through your code to see what goes on introspect variables um, objects everything you can really think of as set breakpoints so that's all it is nice well now php 7 changed a whole and this is a bit of a tangent but i'm just curious php changed a whole lot internally so you had your work cut out for you because the debugger debugger has to touch so many aspects of the internal uh, code. Not only that, but you wrote your author of date time, so that's not an easy one to change either. So I'm sure you've been Actually, kind of busy. To be fair, date time was, was trivial because it's most of the logic happens in a library, and the library didn't need any modifications for PHP 7 except okay. for one here and there, so that was minimal. Um, okay. And the rest of the stuff was done by the people that wrote the patches to PHP, so I, I actually had not, not had to do anything with date time. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, XDebug is certainly a bit of a different beast. And <laughs> that's probably called bring someone awesome to make this up to date. Is, no, so is, go ahead. Sorry. Because there's so many internal things that have been different. And even though you don't see them from as a PHP user, right? PHP 7 
will run PHP 5.6 code well for about 99.5% or so. But internally, it has been such such a change, so there's a lot, a lot of work. And I'm still hammering out some of the Windows issues at the moment. So, so, so it's not ready for it, uh, PHP 7 quite yet? It works on Linux. It just doesn't compile on Windows because of minor things. Uh, but I should have a, another beta out by maybe the end of the week or maybe next week or so that also has the Windows support and, and has some other bugs fixed that people have been kindly reporting to me. Cool. <laughs> Debugging the debugger. Sounds yeah. <laughs> difficult. But um, I'm just curious. There's the new AST layer in PHP 7. I know this is kind of further on the tangent, but we'll get right back to it. But I'm just curious. Did uh, the AST layer either help or make it more complicated for the debugger to sort of track what's going on in the um, in, in PHP while internally? Uh, it did do absolutely nothing for me because it's not something you can easily hook into. Uh, it didn't make it more difficult. It, make it, it didn't make it easier either. But what I did notice is that uh, tests were failing because, because of it, not because it was doing things wrong, but it actually because it improved things. Like in PHP 5, uh, if you do profiling or stepping, PHP didn't always necessarily report a correct line number for code being run. And that has been greatly improved at the AST layer in, in PHP 7. But extension-wise, it didn't really change anything. Gotcha. Well, bringing it back to more focusing on the specifically debugging thing, one of the options in Xdebug is scream mode. And that's uh, one that uh, I, I, I discovered uh, while running tests uh, on Mockery, which has the, which is using the, the STUF, wait, STFU, the, the freak up operator, you know, the, the, the at symbol right before a function to make it not return. I, I, I call the shut up operator. The shut up operator, yeah. <laughs> uh, slightly uh, more. <laughs> just the setup operator, yeah. So um, it makes that one return an error, whether um, whether that's there or not. Um, and yeah. that's that was um, that that kind of if you've ever run into an issue where you, you're, this error is being output and you're like, but it shouldn't be outputting because it's got the at symbol on it. Um, see if screen mode is set in your XD bug. I wanted to throw that out there because that kind of kind of helped. Kind of, I got stuck on that one for a while. <laughs> um, so uh, I've been threatening to turn it on by default. Yes, well, <laughs> that was actually how mine was set up. It was set on by default. So, <laughs> um, now, so the uh, we mentioned logging earlier, um, and we, I guess we were talking more specifically. If you get a white page of death, uh, you just check the HTTP logs for um, maybe there's some problems with writing the files and stuff. But what about within the script itself? If the if if you wrote a web app that has a logger. Um, what kind of things can we should we log and uh, in order to kind of keep track of like help us debug and uh, the app further down? I think one important thing to log are major events that happen in the system. So anything like if maybe an order is placed, that's kind of a big event. Uh, or if you're syncing up data with an external system, kind of logging the fact that you're doing it, maybe um, logging when it starts, log when it ends. And if there's any really interesting data, you can log that as well. Um, the one thing I would caution is to not go too overboard with logging. Um, you don't want to log every single thing every line is doing because then your logs get unmanageable. It's hard to search through them. Um, but there's definitely value in logging um, several things. And one cool thing that Monolog has is uh, I believe it's the fingers crossed logger. So you can basically feed it all of this debug information, all of this info information. 
and it'll kind of spool it up in memory, but it won't save it unless your program crashes or something bad happens. And in that case, it'll write it out to the log so you have that useful information. But if everything goes fine, you're not going to get this huge flood of 100 logs that aren't really necessary. I have to add one thing there. If you're logging things, make sure that the log lines actually include useful information. So just saying order create isn't handy. You want also the order ID in there, maybe, well, the time and date you'll have, but uh, certainly the, the order ID and maybe a price or the, the number on the invoice or whatever it is. Absolutely. Yeah, things, things that I've been running into sometimes, like you get this log, uh, it has lots of information in there, but nothing that you can use to currently Related back to any things in the database, so missing IDs and things like that. So, yeah, not only be careful what you log, but also make sure that you log actually useful information. And do the logs typically? Um, do you store them in just like kind of flat files, or do you store them in the database, or how do you typically log? I typically log to uh, flat files. Um, database isn't really the right application for it. Um, there are other services you can use, like. Um, leave like log stash, or maybe you want to throw your logs in Redis and then have Redis transfer them somewhere else, and that's fine too. Cool. As long as you got uh, a file you can write to, right? But if you try to write to a file, a file and you get a white swing of death, <laughs> you got to check the other logs, yep. <laughs> not, the, not the app logs. Yeah, logging is interesting because um, I feel like that's one thing that, especially as you're starting out, um, you don't really think about um, debugging and, and logging, but those are two things I feel like Maybe especially debugging should be focused on it right at the beginning. Instead of learning how to use Vardump, maybe we should learn step debugging like with our first Hello World script. I don't know. I, somebody from, I was listening to a C++ cod, uh, podcast called CPP um, Podcast, uh, and there was somebody on, who, on there who was advocating using debugging tools over just printf on everything, or sprintf or printf, whatever the, the C version of of echoing out stuff is, <laughs> but um, but speaking of logging though, I, I wanted to ask you guys what your your thought are uh, thought is on um, kind of logging stuff at the lowest level of your code. If I've got like a model that's writing to a database, um, I've seen a couple of talks where they t they they say, well, you should be logging these events and like kind of seeing like especially when you're trying to de debug stuff to have like debug info in your logs to be able to turn that on. So are you injecting like these instances of the logger all the way down to your kind of lowest levels of code, or do you put them only in the controller? layer or like where do you, where does the logger fit like it just seems like everything would have a logger associated with it if we did it the way that they're talking uh, about it well coming from a zen framework perspective and i would completely guess that symphony would be exactly the same um and you guys you can tell me about um laravel uh, to be fair sammy i i don't know but it's all event this is a whole event handler so we can just trigger events so you can trigger user.register event, you can trigger item.added.cart event, and then you can have handlers for those events and you can turn them on and off. So when you're in a full debug situation, you can enable the full debug handler, which will get past an instance of the um, object that triggered the event. So you've got access to the kind of user object once it's been created, and then you can log whatever you want, which is, I mean, I'm not a full advocate of this whole massive event-driven architecture that Zen Framework 2 was based around because I think it hides a lot of dependencies, particularly the MVC stack. But for something like login, it's fantastic because you can just trigger a bundle of events and if nothing catches them, so what? It doesn't matter. And then if you want to add login at 
um, at each individual event, you can just sort of add a listener onto that event and then log whatever you want. That's kind of an elegant way of getting around the problem that you're describing. Excuse me, I sound like a Dalek or something. I have a throat infection. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's not the best. I sound like a kind of Welsh version of uh, Barry White or something, but it, it's all good. <laughs> It's all good. But yeah, that does solve the problem kind of elegantly um, because otherwise you're right. Every single class you create is going to have a dependency on a logger, right? Which is not so much fun. Do you guys agree about just creating um, kind of like event emitters to for logging? I think if the application supports that, then yeah, I think that's a great approach. I have no comment. <laughs> or what about service location? Like, what about using uh, some some sort of like like what Laravel would call a facade, like Laravel facades, to kind of just pull in something like based on like really couple it tightly to the framework? Probably not. I have not no as good <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. To be fair, you know the, what I'm talking about is you're coupling to um, if not the framework, you're coupling it to your event handler, whatever class you're using to, to trigger events is a dependency still of everything that you want to trigger those events. So um, it, it, it's not really moving your dependency of your logger away from every class, you know, from every class that wants to log, because you still have dependency on whatever's going to handle the events or trigger the events. So meh, it's six and a half, half dozen, at least if you're putting the event handler in there or the event trigger class in there, you can do more than just log in with that, right? You can do whatever you want in those in those events. Um, I don't know how Laravel's um, facades work, to be honest. I mean, look, I've seen plenty of great um, large applications that just use a static method on a static class to do log in. What's wrong with that, right? Do you know what I mean? It, you could even write a global function. You, right. you know, that's not like over egg the pudding here. This is something that's so fundamental to your project that as long as you can test the logger so that you don't end up having a bug in your logger, which is what you end up trying to debug for, then, you know, who cares, really? That's, that's, I like maybe taking a slightly procedural style to it and just, like you said, having like a global function to for something that like as fundamental as a logger. Um, I feel like sometimes we get so caught up in like, oh, everything's got to be object-oriented. It's object-oriented, object-oriented. But it's like, I, I like how, uh, I think Anthony Ferraro was talking in the last one, last PHP roundtable about, like not freaking out about making everything an object, so um, it's kind of kind of takes the pressure off a little bit of like, oh, am I doing this right? Um, so good good advice, um, Derek. I have a question for you. When I get an error and xdebug is turned on, I get this whole thing, stack trace dumpity thing. What is all that? It basically gives you a trill how you ended up at the current location in your script. Instead of just showing us the the, the fault line number where you got your error, you get the whole history. So, in many cases, it actually gives you quite a bit of extra information, especially if like things like a wraparound opening a file, right? So you have a because in the error message, the standard PHP, and the only thing you'll find is like open uh, you got an error in opening a file, and the file line number that it gives you is the file line number of your error wrapper, or if you're sorry, your file handler wrapper, but it doesn't tell you where in your application it actually was called from. So having the stack trace all this contextual information to it, so that you can more easily track down uh, where things are called from, uh, all the way back to the start of the script, really. So that's what the uh, stack trace is. Uh, 
So it's a little bit more glorified than uh, VAR dump, or quite a bit more glorified than VAR dump, but less glorified than uh, step debugging, or closer to step sure. debugging. <laughs> yes, it, it gives you a single point in time, right, that you cannot modify. Cool. Well, so let's take it the next step then. Like we've already talked about VAR dumping and, and then like this trying to read this, the, this like list of how did we get here, but actually going line by line in our code, step debugging. Now, for someone who's never done this before, uh, what, what is step debugging exactly? And this is for anybody. Like what, what is that like? How does that relate to a VAR dumper kind of person? Like they've never done any kind of debugging other than VAR dump. I think my own interpretation. waiting for your children. So the way I think of step debugging is, you know, when you're running PHP script or PHP application and you hit the web page or run the script or whatever you have, PHP is going to run through all the lines as fast as it can. What step debugging allows you to do is to kind of tell PHP to pause somewhere. And not only pause, but give you the ability to look around and control when it moves on to the next thing. Um, and really just focus on the parts of code you're interested in and um, see what the current context is. Look at the call stack, see how you got there. Examine variables. Um, determine if you want to go into depth and dive into a function and see what it's doing. Or maybe you want to dive out and get a higher level view of what's going on. Sounds awesome. So how do we do that? Thanks, <laughs> right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are the interfaces of, of using Xdebug to step through the code? What are the interfaces? Yeah, like how, how can are, are there's is there only one way of doing it with Xdebugger or there's there multiple ways of kind of using Xdebug to step through the code? So on the Xdebug side it's all the same, uh, but on the front end it's basically any ID that you can find will have a plugin available for, for a single step integration with XDBook. I cannot think of any major one that doesn't have it. And yeah, it's, I think it makes a lot of sense, right? If you already have your full environment with all your files set up, then being able to just press debug and go through it in one go makes a lot of sense to do. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I mean, you need to install XDBook, which is a fairly straightforward task now, Derek, right? It's not as painful as it once was, let's be honest. You know, if you're using um, Brew on Mac, you can, if you're using that to manage your PHP, it's just a one-liner to install and, and enable Xdebug. Um, I don't know. I think it's fairly straightforward for people using Vagrant and stuff on Linux. I think you can get lots of pre-compiled versions now. Are we, are we keeping you awake, Derek? <laughs> no, I'm... I'm Sorry, I'm just absolutely jet lagged, so I came back from New York uh, yesterday. I apologize. No, no it's, it's gone. You also it used to be like a real, a real ball to, to install XDBug, but that's come on leaps and bounds. So there's like two sides to the coin. The first side is you need to set up XDBug. Now, even if you're not going to use stack debugging, you should have Xdebug installed in your development environment anyway, just for these stack traces, the pretty vadam, I mean, the profiling, all of the stuff that Xdebug gives you. And I'm not doing a sales job on Xdebug. I just, is something I've used since as long as I can remember developing, like 
I don't know, that makes you feel old, Eric, but it's, I have been using it for a long, long time. Just before I even used step debugging, I used xDebug because it's half of the side of the step debugging coin, but it's the most important part. And then you need to set up. So this is where I really show my ignorance and Derek laughs at me for saying complete nonsense, because this is my understanding, not necessarily the facts. Um, Colin, you probably laugh too. Um, but it's like you have this listener and you have this debugger that emits um, events, I guess, to the listener is the way that I kind of understand it. So xDebug is like the almost like the server that is emitting these events, and then you need something to listen and handle these events. Go, 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 go. That would make xDebug the server, right? No, yeah. sorry, xDebug. Client, your IDE is going to be the server. Okay, so, so IDE needs to listen for incoming connection for the event. Yes. Okay. So I was completely wrong. So yeah, it's like, but basically, xDebug emits events, and then whatever you want to use to to kind of handle those events, typically it'll be an IDE. But there are other things that you can use to handle these debug this debug protocol, right? There's there's all different things. Um, so then configuring the IDE, I mean, there's a reason why step debugging isn't just used in every person's computer, because it can be a pain in the ass to set everything up, right? Let's, let's not beat around the bush. It can be a pain in the ass to get it all set up. And sometimes it seems like it's more effort to get everything talking to each other than it is to just solve the problem that you want to debug. So, yes, there is definitely that. Um, but, yeah, because then you need an ID um, to to kind of handle this, these events that are being generated by the debugger. And it's probably sensible to mention that it's not only xDebug you can use to, um, to do step debugging. There are others as well, I believe, Derek, or Colin, um, or Sammy. I well, don't... you have the Zen debugger, which does similar things, but it only does the step debugging. It doesn't provide all the features. Um, and it's a similar thing for PHP 5.6 and later come with something called PHP DBG. Uh, but that's, even though it has a debugger in there, it doesn't talk to an ID and you need to do it on the command line. So yeah, there are all other debugging tools available, but uh, there's not very many. I was going to ask you about PHP DBG. Um, and yeah. that only is run from the command line, right? Yes. Now, how, is that, how does that differ from xDebug? Does it show you different different um, outputs? Like, is it looking at opcodes and stuff like that, or is it looking at something else? It can look at opcodes. What I like to call it is more of a debugger meant for internals people. Yeah, sure, you can do single-step debugging with it, but you won't have a nice ID to look at things and introspect variables and stuff like that. But it goes also a bit deeper, like it shows you like internal structures right when you're executing something. So, yeah, it's a different goal, I think, than the next debug does or than debugger does. It's more meant for internal people than it is for for people using PHP, really. Gotcha. Well, so say I wanted to set up step debugging for my web app, and I'm running uh, some sort of VM with Vagrant, some virtual machine. Um, we've got Linux running Ubuntu is my favorite flavor, and I've got uh, a LAMP stack set up. And I want to just kind of step through my code, see what's going on. And I happen to be using PHP Storm for my IDE. 
since uh, Mr. Gary here is the, the developer advocate, I have to point my finger at him and say, hey, so how do I how do I do this? How do I set this thing up? Is there like a is there is it pretty straightforward? Like you said, it was kind of a little bit difficult to set up debugging, step debugging. Um, yes, because you're working with Vagrant, you need to do um, remote debugging, which means that you just need to tell um, xdebug an IP address to send the debug uh, info to basically in a port. Um, obviously, it's a lot easier if you're just working in a traditional like you've just got PHP installed on your on your machine in a, an old school way, let's say. But you just need to set uh, remote enable just a few a few configuration options in xdebug to say um, yes, I want to enable step debugging. Yes, this is where you should send events to basically, um, and then you need to, to configure PHP Storm so that it knows where to accept debug events from, basically. So you need to configure two halves of the same kind. And there is, um, I mean, to be fair, and let's not make this like, oh, buy PHP Storm, like type sales <laughs> pitch, but it is a fact that PHP Storm has done a lot of work to try and make debugging easier over the last, certainly eight, eight nine, and 10, the last three releases. And um, there's something called zero config debug, um, which should read your PHP in e-file. Um, but obviously that's a little bit more difficult if you're on a Vagrant machine, because if the PHP is installed locally, it can kind of do a PHP-I or whatever the version you showed me the other week, Derek, where it just tells you the PHP in e-file. Um, but it does all that stuff in, behind the scenes and infers your PHP in e-file. And then it can work out the ports and stuff from the directive that is you've already configured. With Vagrant, it's a bit more complicated. Um, obviously, because it would need to SSH into the Vagrant box and work all that stuff out. But basically, you just need matching config in xdebug in your PHP and in PHP Storm. Um, there is a tool um, which comes under the run menu in the last two versions, which says web server debug validation. And what that will do is it will try and check whether the both configs are, are matching and tell you what's wrong. But once that's communicating, you can just set the breakpoint, um, tell PHP Storm to listen for debugging, and away you go, basically, which makes it sound like it's really easy. But yeah. <laughs> Theor theoretically, it's easy. Yes. Theoretically, right. So as a step, so step debugging, I just press the play button, and the IDE will just do everything. Or do I need a browser? Or what? What's what are the tools that are needed to adjust the IDE? Uh, well, you can do it in both ways. The ID will still have to pop up a browser, otherwise you can't see the output of your application, of course. Um, so yeah, you, you can start the debugging through um, through your IDs. Many support that. But alternatively, you can do it in a browser with either a special URL. You have to have like a get variable to the URL or by means of like a browser extension. So there's a couple of browser extensions. I know what, what they actually do is they just set a cookie and Xdebug sees this cookie and then starts initializing a debugging connection. Uh, so yeah, you do need to tell Xdebug to actually start a debugger um, because yeah, you can't have just every random URL just starting the debugging for you. So there's like an activation necessary. So you not only have to have a Git variable to say, hey, you want to step debug this script, but you also need to have a cookie if you want to have the IDE interface with it? Are those two? Are those the uh, same thing? It's the same thing. Okay. The IDE, gotcha. the IDE does the thing to the URL, or also sets a cookie. Okay. And once you set a cookie, sorry. Go ahead. 
And once you set the cookie, it actually remembers it, of course. So you get to uh, debug multiple, uh, well, if you have like a multi-page form or something, it should remember the cookie and also uh, do the debugging for subsequent pages that you visit, unless you turn it off again. Cool. Well, I, I have to admit, like I was trying to set up set, step debugging quite a while ago, and I, I got frustrated because it was just too hard to set up. And um, for the longest time, I kept going back to it, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get it working this time, and then it didn't work, and it couldn't get it working. So here's the thing. Like all of these tutorials online, they show you how to do it step by step, and you think it would be straightforward, and it is. But in my particular situation, I didn't have xDebug installed, and I totally thought I did because I did at one point, and some, at some point it got disabled. So I was sitting here trying to set it up without just xdebug installed on the server. So if you don't have xdebug, you're trying to add step debugging, it's not going to work. So if you like me and had that same problem, um, that's that's your problem. So, um, But once you get it installed, though, like for people who have never done this, like it really is a game changer in the way you think about your code because you go line by line in your code. So you set a breakpoint, you say, okay, stop here, and then you go like whether you want to jump into the next function or step over it or whatever you want to do. But if you're jumping into everything, you're seeing every... Um, line being executed, you get to like a line that um, it, you know instantiates a class. And then it's like, I don't know where it is. So it goes to the autoloader and it's going like line by line in your autoloader. It's doing all this logic and you're seeing it include the file. And then it goes back and it's like, okay, I know where this file is. So let's instantiate the object. Oh wait, it's got a dependency. What's this? Oh, let's, I don't know what this is. So let's go to the autoloader again. And you see it going to the autoloader like a billion times. And it's just, it really changes the way that you think about how you know, your script is actually being executed in the back end. So for you guys, when you're kind of de doing step debugging, what are some of the common situations that you find yourself where you were like, I really need a step debugger for this. I can't just wire dump this. I think the biggest one is anytime you have really complex logic or any complex algorithms. Um, for example, with my common mark library, um, it's basically parsing markdown text character by character. And if you tried var dumping everything, you're going to get, you know, a million outputs because it's going character by character, calling all of these functions over and over. So really having the ability to kind of see what it's doing and say, have it pause. Okay. I want to see what's happening on line 47 when there's this asterisk. And I want to go line by line slowly and see exactly what's going on. And I want to see how my program got into this specific state. So that's really helpful for those kinds of situations. Yeah, it's really cool if you use any kind of framework that you haven't written the code either. Um, kind of a red letter day for me personally when I stopped using Zen Framework as of someone else's library and realized I was actually allowed to go into the vendor folder and look at the code and how the, the framework works under the hood. I mean, and that doesn't count for any framework. That counts if you're using Markdown library from the league, if you're using any kind of third-party library. You know, it's absolutely acceptable for you to go in and take a look at how that's doing things under the hood. And and, and that's exactly where um, something like step debugging is really, really useful. Um, you know, you've got a really weird error where you can't get um, your framework to root something to the correct controller or something, you know? These are the times where without step debugging, how the hell are you going to debug it realistically? You know, you didn't write the code, so you don't even know when you've written the code yourself, you can pretty much say, oh, I definitely need to var dump right here because I know that the problem is between here and here. So if I var dump here, I know I'm going to get pertinent output. But if you didn't write the code, you don't even know where you need to be var dumping. So how the hell do you debug that without step debugging? 
that's where I think it really comes into its own. Um, and of course, complex problems like uh, Colin's solving, you can't really debug them any other way. Yeah, I think Gary makes a great point. They're really, you know, the frameworks you're using, they're not these magical black boxes that you can't look inside. You can fire up the step debugger and see what it's trying to do, what it's expecting from you, and what it wants to do with your data to get the end results. And that's really powerful stuff. Good advice. So it's debugging, using a step debugger, is, it seems like it's a lot more useful than just trying to figure out problems. Um, and also you can, you know, to add to that, you know, you can look at how efficiently these things are going. If you see that it's doing something really obviously, you know, expensive as far as resources, then it's like, wow, how can we optimize this a little bit better? And, or, you know, as you're step debugging, you might even see a place where there's like, wow, that's like, that looks like a security hole. I can see how this could, something could be injected here or something like that. So. Um, lots of really great, great stuff comes out of step debugging. I just, I, I can't stress enough how much, how it just definitely changes the way you kind of look at your code when you start stepping through it line by line with the actual debugger. Um, now, I did um, want to look at VLD, um, which I believe stands for Vulcan Lie Detector, right? Yeah, well, that's all kinds of things. <laughs> I, so at the moment, it does, it's, it's basically a tool that, that is very much internals focus. It is like a tool that I use trying out my little algorithms for analyzing PHP code. So trying to figure out uh, whether some lines can be executed or not and things like that. So it's a bit of a test bed for that. And uh, yeah, it basically shows you all, all of the internal structures, but you can't use it for single step debugging and stuff like that. Uh, it's very much code analysis or static code analysis, really. Um, but yeah, not very much useful for non-internals people again. So is it is it closer to PHP DBG? Very much so, yes. Gotcha. So is it, I would say I would have like a, a PHP script that I had written to specifically test some functionality internally. So like I would use um, VLD, for example, to run that script and then check out what's happening behind the scenes at the PHP level, not at the step debugging level where I'm like looking at the specific PHP script. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but it's it shows you like the internal PHP structures and it shows it is if you've ever written a C application that gets comp compiled to like assembly right first before it gets put into binary so you can run it on your on your CPU. So PHP is a very similar thing. You have your PHP code, which can gets converted to the opcodes op or operase, which is like your assembly, which then gets executed on the on the PHP virtual machine. So it shows you that stage of it. But <clears throat> even as a C developer, you almost never ever have to look at those opcodes to to yeah to even look at them and figure out what goes on because it's something that's too close to the virtual machine to yeah to actually do something with, but it's great for because it, yeah it, you can see where jumps happen like with an if statement, and yeah with that kind of stuff you can then run some algorithms through it to find out which lines of your code cannot be hit and that is something you cannot do either when it's being executed or when or yeah you cannot do that analyzing it from just static PHP code without having a, a thorough understanding on on what happens internally, so that's what I use it for. Um, very cool 
uh, I, I've been working on a uh, an RFC, um, which, which we'll talk about uh, actually in a future episode, actually coming up pretty soon. But um, this is one thing that I'm, I'm actually particularly interested in is being able to debug um, exactly what you're talking about, looking at opcodes. By the way, uh, we've talked about opcodes op a couple times. Um, Derek, can you give us like the TLD ver TLDR version of what an opcode is? An opcode is your most basic instruction that PHP virtual machine can execute. So that would be an echo or comparing a variable or an assignment of a variable or receiving a variable in a function or returning a variable or accessing a single element in an array and things like that. So it's a very, very basic blocks um, broken down as much as you can, as they can. Now you mentioned something about jumping to different opcodes. Um, is that like they're, all the opcodes are sort of lined up and you jumped from one to another or? Okay, so if, in, in PHP code, if you have an if statement, right, you can either go to branch A or branch B. But an if is implemented very similar to a for or a while loop internally, and they're all just simple jump instructions. So basically what PHP internally does is converts all your nice language structures to go-tos. Because that is what it sounds like. <laughs> exactly what it is. So yeah, you don't need language support for if and for and while because that's converted to just gems like go-tos. So that's yeah, the trick there. Sounds like yeah, a set of like the basic programming language. Yeah, exactly. It's like assembly. You have exactly the same thing there. Uh, assembly doesn't know about if or for a while either. It just has jumps, jumps with conditions. Very cool. So it, I guess it really kind of helps to understand opcodes and like how your your precious, beautifully object-oriented code gets converted into a bunch of go-to statements at the end of the day when you're yeah, debugging, that's right? That's basically all it is, yes. Well, as long as the computer's the one converting it, I, I'll trust it, or the compiler, or the, the JIT, or whatever it is that's uh, running the code. Um, well, I know it's, it's kind of getting close to time to wrap up, but before we do officially wrap up, uh, what about the future of debugging? Like, we're, we're already at a really pretty good place of where we can look at, um, you know, line by line how our code's being executed and stuff. What's the next step? Like, where, where do you see the technology going? So... I've been working before PHP 7 happens on something like that instead of that allows you to not only step forward but also backwards. So single step debugging at the moment you can only go forward sometime, but you cannot look back at an early state of your application or a variable. So something I'll be working on uh, and have to work on quite a bit more to be fair is uh, something that allows you to go back in time and seek through the whole execution of your scripts without it actually running at the moment because uh, it's of course difficult to undo a uh, update statement in a, in a table, right, or unwrite to a file, you can't really do that. So it's a, a tool that basically introspects every single time point while executing a script. And you can then seek between them to in, introspect whatever state the application was at that moment. Yeah, that sounds and really in, cool. In a very similar way as you would do single-step debugging. So you can just, like, slide back and forward through the timeline of a request almost. That's exactly the idea. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's also very non-trivial. <laughs> yeah, that's your problem, not mine, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to make it a little bit your problem as well, because the IDs do need to support a few things in there, of course. Yeah, I get that. 
I think there was a new debugger released by Mozilla that allows you to kind of record the entire process and you can kind of scrub it. Like you can go backwards and forwards in time throughout the debugging yeah. process. Have any of you played with that? Not played with it, but it's exactly what I was planning to do for PHP. Oh, yeah? Oh. Yep. Is this is this like kind of like something that's going to be coming down the pipe soon or like future <laughs> soon? Yes. Give give me a timeline. I want a timeline. Give me that that <laughs> that. When does yes. it do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the best answer. <laughs> Sorry, I really can't say. I don't know. Well, it sounds awesome. I would love to to be able to scrub through debugging. That'd be so cool. Um, Paul Nielsen on Twitter just asked, "Are there yep. any suggestions?" I think it'd be on... great fun too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, any suggestions on how to stimulate, simulate a, an environment sessions request user kind of thing when a bug only, incur, only occurs in specific cases? And I would extend that to even server environments. This is a question from... Uh, from Twitter, yeah, Paul Nielsen on Twitter. It's a tricky one. To... Um, so the answer is you can't. Um, but what you can do is you can code a framework around where you can set these things from a different place, um, which is what we've ended up doing in, pre in previous jobs. Uh, but um, somebody far more intelligent than me will say, like, oh, you can't actually observe something without defecting it at all. So it's basically very difficult. It's a very, very difficult problem to solve, is, this, is the answer. Um, something... It's, it's something which I find that login really helped us with. Um, and it would be something that um, Derek's amazing magical scrubbing debugger would be very helpful with because it would mean um, it, potentially you could dump these um, scrub files or whatever the hell you call them, Derek, I can't remember, but you could potentially dump those in a very specific case in production. Um, if you knew there was a bug, so then you don't need to actually replicate these exact problems, exact um, conditions, because you, you've already got the, the debug information from those exact conditions. Um, but actually, Colin, I don't know, you you know, is, have you run into any of these problems or solutions on replicating the conditions? Um, yes and no. Um, in my experience, I ever, haven't ever had an issue where you can only replicate it under this one very, very specific circumstance where it only happened to this one user who did this one thing at this exact one point in time. Usually it's something a little more general, like the logged in users have this issue, or the issue happens when you submit this one form. Um, so sometimes just kind of getting information from the user and asking them if they can replicate the issue and give you a description. Sometimes that can help as well. Um, again, it's not as good as having you know that full picture that you can get with you know some, the, the full recording of what happened. But it can be useful in a lot of cases just to get as much information as you can and see if you can replicate it, um, even not having all the details and not having the environment set up perfectly. There's still a chance that you can replicate it that way. It's a yeah. tough situation. So the answer for your, uh, Paul on your uh, for your question is something to be uh, something that will come out in the future that might help you <laughs> answer that question. <laughs> Cool. Well, thanks, uh, Paul Nielsen, for um, chiming in there on Twitter. 
Um, I would like to, I know we've, there's a couple of other things we could, uh, tangents we could explore with this, but we're kind of running over on time. So I wanted to wrap this up with the developer shout out, which is a segment that recognizes awesome people for doing awesome things in the community. And basically what we do is send them a nice little handwritten thank you note with my beautiful handwriting. That was a sarcastic remark. My handwriting is horrible, but, uh, and it's, and Derek would know he, he got a developer shout out and he saw my horrible handwriting in person. It was Uh, readable. (laughs) It was readable. I'll take that as a compliment. Um, yeah, you but, <laughs> but it also includes this uh, $50 Amazon gift card, which is sponsored by Laracasts. And Laracasts is this great website. It's got tons of screencasts on there um, by a guy named Jeffrey Way, who just basically takes you step-by-step through a lot of these really cool um, potential things you could do in PHP. A lot of them are Laravel-specific, uh, but there's also a bunch of other things on there um, about setting up your IDE, PHP Storm. There's a whole series about yes. setting up PHP Storm. I, I, heartily recommend, I heartily recommend Jeffrey uh, Laracast's um, series on PHP Storm, which I believe are also free now, so definitely check them out. Yes, um, and and just like you were saying, uh, they're free, and there's a, a, a instructions on how to do step debugging um, in PHP Storm. So exactly what we've been talking about. If you want to dig, dig in there, go to Laracast.com, check out that um, the screencast on that, and hopefully it'll get you up and running uh, right away. Um, so anyway, thanks Laracast for sponsoring the developer shoutout. For this developer shoutout, the official nominee was Remy Collett. I think I said that right. Is that right, Derek? I think so too, yes. All right, cool. Why, why are we... I don't know how to pronounce the name correctly. <laughs> All well, right, cool. Remy is a, a guy, he's, he's been packaging uh, for Santos and Fedora and Red Hat PHP and related extensions for, well, as long as I can remember, five five plus years. And not only does he do, do the packaging, he also uh, you know, tests like release candidates and provide patches to stuff. So he's been really, really helpful with some of the stuff I've been working on, uh, some of the XDBug stuff, some of my work stuff. And, yeah, it's just really helpful, uh, really helpful guy. Awesome. Yeah, that's fine. That's if great. you've ever installed uh, PHP from an RPM repository on CentOS or similar, yep. you've probably used Remy's repository. Um, so he's, I know yep. that I definitely have done that a number of times in the past. So great call. Awesome. Thanks so much, Remy, for your contributions. Uh, that's, I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of contributions. So we're, I'm super excited yes. to send you this $50 Amazon gift card and I will be reaching out to you to get your snail mail address so I can get that to you, get that in your hands. Um, also, last, lastly, I like to kind of wrap things up with that, a shameless plug. So um, let's go, uh, Colin, I'll go in the order that I can see you on Google Hangouts. Colin, do you have anything that you want to uh, promote shamelessly? I do. Like a book, um, for example? About I, an upcoming version of PHP, perhaps? <laughs> I, I may or may not have a book uh, about the upcoming version of PHP, uh, which you can find at php7book.com if you're interested in that. And it just kind of goes over all the changes in PHP 7, all the new features uh, with code examples and stuff like that. So if you want to check that out, um, please, by all means, go check that out, php7book.com. Um, and on the talk, topic of debugging, I'll actually be giving a talk at PHP World this week called debugging effectively, which really focuses on things like the attitude you need to have when debugging and different kinds of tools and techniques, some of which we covered, uh, plus some other ones. So if you'll be attending that conference, uh, feel free to stop by and check that out. And I do believe it'll be recorded. So I'll post a link to that on Twitter once the recording is up. Excellent. Sweet. Uh, What about you, Derek? Do you have anything that you would like to shamelessly promote? No. (laughs) 
He's like, you're already using it, so uh, nothing to promote, right? <laughs> I have an Amazon wish list. Ah, yes. I mentioned that. The famous lists. Very cool. But, uh, so if you like XDBook, have a, have a look at the wish list. Very cool. Or Daytime, or any of the other or various Or or anything else, sure. <laughs> yes. Very cool. What about you, Gary? You got anything you want to promote? Um, I'm hearing really good things about Vim at the moment. <laughs> um, no, not really. I mean, this is a podcast. This this isn't here me on on behalf of JetBrains or PHP Stone. Um, but do you know what? The only thing I can say is tweet me um, at GWH if you're having problems and you'd like to get over the this first step, which is the hardest of getting your you know your ID to play nice with your debugger. Then please you know tweet me and I'll do my best to to give you a hand if I can. So let's say we're promoting that. How how would one tweet you? Uh, at GWH. Awesome. And that's using a Twitter client, Sammy. Do you know? It's using the Twitter client. Yeah. So you can't. You don't have voting options. Well, no, no, it's fine. Just, just, just get in touch. Yeah, and I can help anyone out <laughs> if they need any help. Um, only one help per customer. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> <Okay>. Nice. <laughs> Cool. Well, this has been this has been good. I mean, I, debugging is a, is actually, believe it or not, a pretty fun topic for myself. I like I like talking about this kind of stuff, but it's not something that necessarily developers seem to kind of want to talk about a whole lot. But uh, I don't know. In my experience, I, I just I really enjoy it. But um, if uh, you're listening for the next episode, uh, the next one is scheduled November 24th. It's going to be Immutable PHP. That's the title. We're not just talking about like how to. Um, by the way, step back. What does immutable mean? It's about it's about read-only stuff. So a variable that will never change once it's instantiated. So we're going to be talking about these concepts and like how we can use them in PHP. But then we're going to take it a step further and talk about maybe potentially adding some features within the PHP source itself that support immutable um, construct or con. Uh, some ideas, immutable ideas. So um, we're also going to be having uh, early December a, an RFC show and tell episode. We're going to be talking about some potential and already voted in 7.1 features, which is kind of cool. Already talking about 7.1. I know 7's not even released yet. Oh, what? Also, uh, there's going to be a Room 11 special coming up pretty soon. Uh, that is the Stack Overflow chat rooms. Room 11 is the PHP chat room. Lots of really cool, interesting characters in there. And we're going to kind of have this uh, impromptu PHP Roundtable Room 11 special, and that one was originally scheduled, I think, for December 4th uh, or something like that. But I'm moving it uh, to the next week, the next Friday, uh, December 11th, just because it works better with my schedule. But whatever, we'll see you in there hopefully at the at the Room 11. And um, I just like to thank Colin, Derek, and Gary for joining for this awesome discussion, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you very much for having me. Right. Thanks for having me. PHP Roundtable is recorded live using Google Hangouts on Air. If you'd like to get more information about the live broadcasts, visit phproundtable.com. While you're on the site, join the mailing list to get notified about the next live episode. And hey, maybe even join the conversation at the roundtable. We'd love to hear what you have to say. The theme music is provided by Bensound at bensound.com. The PHP Roundtable logo was designed by Clint McManaman, and you can find him at mcmanaman.co. That's M-C-M-A-N-A-M-A-N dot C-O. Thanks for listening. I'm Sammy K. Powers, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode.